Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How are y'all doing? Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned for you. Um, <laughs> kind of stoked to break down this article. A lot of the topics I bring you are things, of course, that are in pop culture, Um Topics are often, you know, things that y'all will put in the DMs that you're curious about, want to hear more about, uh, along with your questions. That's the DMs on the Loveline IG page. Always happy to hear from you. And uh, they're things that I see people constantly stumbling over in my private practice. Um, but I also will read articles in relationship to things I'm writing or my own clinical experience or my own personal life. And some of them I'll be like, that was really meaningful or that was a really cute way of framing it. Um, so this one, I wanted to open by talking about this one. This was... A couple articles I'm kind of like smashing together, but let me round it out before I get into it specifically. So, you know, we live busy lives. We talk about that all the time. And I've, you know, discussed on the show with everyone how everyone has different, uh, everyone has a different amount of units of energy, right? And I've talked on the show extensively about how if we're really trying to center mental health, because everyone's like, hashtag mental health advocacy, hashtag mental health matters, but then they don't actually do anything meaningful to really align with that or to support that. It's just verbiage, it's lip service, it's because it's what we're supposed to do. Um, and so my point being, it's, it's a uh, disability rights justice issue. It's a mental health justice issue. And it's this idea that everyone can't have the same expectations placed upon them. And I've said that in terms of uh, parents with a child, friends with you know another friend, a partner to their partner, um, a boss to their employees, a teacher to their students. Everyone has different needs based on their mental health and their physical health. So we can't have universal rules. We can't. That is actually the opposite of being mental health focused. Having universal rules for everyone or universal expectations is also um, ableist. It is not accommodating or acknowledging that disability exists. Everyone has different needs. Not everyone can walk. Not everyone has use of their legs, right? So we acknowledge that on a physical level. Um, some people need a ramp. Some people need a, a assisted technologies but same thing with mental health and the concept i always try to utilize if we're talking about energy is not everyone has the same amount of energy so just because one parent might be able to get up early get the kids to school pack their lunches you know go to work clean the house and all that doesn't mean that we can expect that of every parent uh, because of genetics, because of disability, because of mental health, because of trauma, because of a multitude of other factors, one parent might only be able to do a fourth of that. Um, mental health matters, but looking at it just from, again, the energy perspective, we all wake up with a certain amount of units of energy and different things throughout the day will deplete that. 
And that is why at the end of the day, it's the most difficult time for us to try to really be motivated or present or set boundaries because we're tired. Some people might have a few units left. I marvel at friends that will get up at 5 a.m. and go to the gym and then they'll go to the office all day and then they'll come home and eat and then they'll go out during the week. I don't have enough energy to do all that. I wake up with less energy. I'm not them. Just because they can do it doesn't mean I can. And if I have a full work day, that's really all I have the energy for. I don't have the same amount of energy that they have. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't need to feel bad about. That is a reality I need to accept. And so when I'm looking at my day and I'm looking at my week because I am mental health centered, I'll say what is possible for me. And that's why I'll get asked to be on other podcasts. I'll get asked to be at times on talk shows. I'll be asked to get interviewed to give quotes. And I have to look at what's going on that day or that week as to whether or not I can fit that in because I'm not willing to burn out. I'm unwilling to go to burnout. I won't do that. So I have to look at what's possible. And sometimes these days, because I'm very busy, I'll have to say, I don't have the room for that. I don't have the energy for that. I'm not going to burn myself out so that someone can get a quote from me. I'm not going to burn myself out so that I can see an extra patient or two. I'm not going to burn myself out so I can attend certain functions. I have to really prioritize what my energy and mental health needs to go to in the course of a day. And I really want to support everyone in doing that. You, we don't have the endless amount of energy that others might. God bless them. And if you need to drink more coffee or drink a Red Bull in order to push through, that's a sign you're doing too much. So instead of saying, I'll just drink some coffee or I'll just drink a Red Bull, the answer should be, I need to do less today. All of that to say, when we're talking about relationships, it's very hard when we're prioritizing work all day long to then think we're going to somehow magically come home. Some of us can do this. Others cannot. We're going to magically come home and have all this energy and motivation left to focus on our relationship. It's very hard to do that. Again, that's why at nighttime, it's really hard for us to hold ourselves accountable to whatever it is we want our nighttimes to be about. For some people, they're trying to not eat very close to bed because it impacts their quality of sleep, but we're tired, so it's really hard to set that standard. Also, some people want to maybe be going to bed earlier. Again, we're tired. It's really hard to hold ourselves accountable and be motivated to goals like an earlier bedtime, not eating too close before bed so it doesn't interrupt our quality of sleep. Um... Notice I'm taking it from that perspective. I'm body positive. And so I don't say you might gain weight if you eat before bed. That's okay. You're allowed to gain weight. That, uh, that should not be a concern. It should be a concern of quality of life. Um, but I don't want to get off on that tangent. So when we come back, we're going to talk about, well, then how do we prioritize our relationship in these busy days and busy weeks? Well, I was looking at some amazing research and I thought it was both reasonable, very helpful, and also really sweet. So we're going to come back and look at that. DMs always open, drop questions in there. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast oh rachel we are back and we're just talking about how to best build in reserve or save space and energy for our relationships. Because we're talking about the fact that everyone has different amounts of energy. Everyone has different mental health needs. Everyone's days are different and we can't have the same expectations on ourselves that we have on others. And I know that's the hardest thing in the world. Uh, we can't have universal expectations. And I'm, I imagine teachers thinking, well, how the heck do I accommodate 30 different people in my classroom? I don't know. I didn't set that system up. I'm not in charge of that system. I don't have an answer for it, but I can tell you it's not working. And same thing with bosses and employees. Every employee has a different need. Some of them aren't able to get there on time uh, because of ADHD, because of depression, because of anxiety, because of trauma responses, uh, because of social phobia. Uh, because of childcare issues, you're right. You cannot have the same expectation on everyone. So an employer might be saying, so what? Everyone is a different, yeah, that's ideally what mental health focus would mean. Everyone has a different expectation on what's possible. Same thing with professors. Not every student can get there on time. Not every student's gonna be able to get assignments on time. I get it. What, should everyone have a different expectation? Ideally, yes. How does the system accommodate that? I don't know. I don't work in that system. I didn't set it up, but they need to look at it and really fix it. All I can tell you from a mental health perspective is what we need and what's not working. That's my job, you know, to critically analyze. My job is not to fix these systems. That's not my role. Those that have that role, you step in and do it. Um, but I focus more on the relationality and the mental health. So that's where we're going with this. So at the end of the day, we've maybe spent all of our units of energy or we only have a few left. So then how are we building relational time? Because I will never agree that our relationships should suffer because of our busy labor schedules. Labor meaning going to the gym, labor meaning jobs, labor meaning running errands and doing laundry, that's all labor. And labor shouldn't be what our, our day is centered in, but the way we structured our culture, it is. It should be the inverse. Our days should ideally be centered with pleasure and things that give us value and meaning. That's what's so sad to me, is we've created a capitalist system where our needs aren't met. We don't inherently have a right to certain things as humans. They Listen to the concept, earn a living. We have to earn a living? We have to earn our right to live? We have to earn our right to be alive and exist? 
damn, we've got our ethics and morals backwards. But that's the truth. If you don't work, you don't get to survive. That's gross. Um, it should be the opposite that like you get your needs met. I want to live in a world, believe it or not. I know people roll their eyes at this where you get housing and you get, um, uh, what do you call, um, electricity and you get water and food because you're a human. Our government should hand that to us. We shouldn't have to earn that. I work with people that think they have to earn a lazy weekend on the couch. Dear God in heaven, do we all really think our purpose on this planet is just to perform labor and most of it labor for other people to make money off of us so they can have five homes and three cars or whatever it is? Gross. So I'm always trying to like chisel away at that and I'm just trying to plant the seeds. I know nothing I do is gonna create such a powerful wave that it's gonna reorient culture, but I wanna be part of planting those seeds that the younger generations let these bloom and change things. And they are, they are. They're demanding better healthcare and, and, and pay, et cetera, et cetera. They're unionizing, power to ya. But I have to meet everyone where we're at now. So the question is within the construct as it is now, how can we do what we need to do? That's where I'm meeting y'all. So I want us to switch it a little bit and to say, don't let labor, errands, housekeeping, the gym, work and all these other pieces create a detriment to what really should matter more, which is relationality, spending time with the people we care about, being present in our lives and in the things that give us meaning and value. But again, that gets squeezed in at the end, at the end of the day or at the end of the week when we're tired. It hurts my heart when I hear people doing all this labor all week long and then the weekend is just another few days of more of that because they didn't get it done during the week. And it's like, we should have a work schedule that has to include all of this and it all has to fit in. But nonetheless, here we are. So how do we then find time for our relationships? And I love that it can be a little simpler than we thought. Um, And I'm going to kind of throw a couple different concepts at you. And ideally, to make our relationships the most robust, which is a choice you have to make, you have to actually say, I'm going to prioritize my relationship, or at least more so than I have. It's a conscious, mindful decision you have to make. Because again, as I'm pointing out, Inherently, we will not do that. Inherently, the world will not support us in doing that. And no one's going to really give us any kind of training or, or a, a template for that. In fact, we get the opposite. Yeah, sorry, I can't make it to your soccer game on Sunday. I have to work. That should never be something that is socially acceptable. But everyone nods along and they're like, yeah, we get it. Let's not get it. Let's be like, no, no, that's your son's soccer game. You should actually be there. And that should be a very understandable reason as to why you can't do whatever else you had to do instead. But we don't live in that world, but we need to. And it's a gendered thing. It's generally males and fathers that are expected to earn a living and not be present and take the pressure of that. I'm not saying there aren't pressures on the mom and the women, but I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about right now. Right now. It's like when I say 97% of sexual assaults are at the hands of males, males to females. And people are like, what about females to males? And I'm like, great, we'll talk about that. That's 7%, but that's not what today's focus is. I want to advocate for men that you should also get to be present in your life. I want men to say, I can't carry the expectation of being the sole breadwinner. I need to somehow distribute that differently or reorganize other responsibilities in some way. And again, men have a lot of work to do to step up, to do more emotional labor, to do more house care, more child care. I'm not saying that that's not true. I'm just not talking about that right now. Just like if you go to someone's birthday party, you don't say, well, what about my birthday? I've won too. It's like, yes, we know, but that's not what this is about right now. So we'll talk about your birthday on your birthday, but right now let's be where we are. 
Um, I want men to be supported and being more present in their lives, to work less and to be more centered in their marriages and relationships, more centered in their friendships and more centered in their child's lives. And we need the world support around that. That's not what the topic is though. The topic is about how can I consciously and mindfully reprioritize my relationship within the structure that we currently operate in, which is quite toxic and difficult. Coming up next, we're gonna talk about how to do that. So stick around and they'll be doing some love line DMs. Drop them in the love line IG. Questions, topics, all of that. So um, stick around y'all. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and I'm heavy handedly reminding you that we need to reprioritize certain things in our lives. One of them being our relationships. It is so heartbreaking that our relationships get our sloppy leftovers. Um, they get the, they get whatever little bit of energy we can just squeeze out at the end of a day. We've given our jobs and everything else, our full focus, all of our time and energy. And then we come home at the end of the day or the end of the week. And we kind of want to just throw our family and our loved ones, whatever little dirty energy we have left. Maybe we're running high on sugar and Red Bull. And it's like, that's just not mental health centered. That's not That's not physical health centered. You are literally living in burnout <laughs> because the work isn't about when we're burnt out doing some self-care and then going back into a system that burns us out. It's about looking at the way we're running our life in its entirety, the entire structure and saying, how do I not get back to burnout? And that's the problem is a lot of the solutions are about once you've gotten into it, how to try to get out of it. But then we go right back in. It's kind of like when people, I always laugh at this. So when people do those detoxes, they're like, I'm on a juice detox. I'm only eating raw fruits and vegetables. I like the voice I give. I don't know why I give that voice. It's so obnoxious. Um, it's like West Coast stereotypical voice. But people will be like, I'm going on a detox. I'm just going to drink. I, there I am. I'm doing the voice again. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know how to not do the voice. So people will say, I'm going to go on a detox. I'm going to eat fruits and vegetables and only drink green juices. And I'm like, well, number one, it doesn't work like that. Like your body naturally is always detoxing and you should be eating those things consistently anyway. But sure, let's go with the theory for a minute. So let's say you take a couple days and you do that. Great. So even though I don't believe that really detoxes, in theory, you're detoxed for the three days you're doing it. That's cool. But then when you're done, you go right back to eating all the things that you were detoxing from. So like you did all that to be detoxed only for the period of time you were off those things. And then you go right back and start eating them again. So you're in theory toxified. And that's where you're mainly living. Till months later, you do another detox. So you're you know, cleaned out as you, you would say for three days again. It's like, it's really not how it should go. We should be looking at the bulk of our lives and trying to make it more consistently detoxed. I hope that example landed. Might've been the worst example ever. My point being, look at the structure of your life and make it less burnout, burnout based, burnout driven. Don't burn out and make that your norm and how you run your life and then think a few days is gonna fix anything. It doesn't, it's just time away from that for a minute. It's a pause, but then you go right back in. So we have to restructure everything. And a, one of the best barometers for that is how much time am I putting into my relationships, whatever they are, friends, family, hookups, sex, casual dating, primary relationships, marriage, whatever it is, however many they are, that big constellation. If you're like, oh man, I never get to see everyone, well then you're living in burnout because very few people are like, I hate, I hate relationships and I love labor. Rare is that person. For those people, they're living great. If your life is 90% labor, well done. But for the bulk of us, we work to get a paycheck. We work because we have to. 
which is the funniest thing that you're not allowed to really say that on a job interview. You're not allowed to really reference that like, yeah, you know, it sounds cool and all, but I'm really here because I need money. And you have to kind of come up with these like wild examples as to why you really want to work there. It's like no one really wants to do that, even if they enjoy it. It's another conversation. But look at the time you have available and the time you're able to spend with friends and family members. But more importantly, how much energy do you have when you're doing so? Are you fully present and fully awake? That lets you know how well your life is going, how well your mental health is going, whether or not you're living in balance. Because we love saying work hard, play hard, but we don't do that. Sorry, working all week long and then quote unquote playing hard for two days, that is still not balance. That's still a vast imbalance. Quality of your relationships is what's going to really reflect back how well that's going. So start there for a second. When you go out with your friends finally, when you finally go on date night, are you falling asleep and exhausted? Are you pounding coffee to stay awake? Are you able to be present? Are you enjoying it? Do you want to be there? If not, you're in burnout and we have to reorient everything. And I'm going to, you know, at some point in the show, I promise you, I will get to the ways that we actually build this in. But I always start with a theoretical understanding of why this matters because interventions are like a lead balloon and a thud if you don't understand the purpose and the meaning and the value of it. Because that's also just part of like, mental health is we need corrective experiences, but we also need insight with it. And that's how we really round out. And that's what really leads to transformation is the event, but also the understanding around the event. Um, That's why I really hold people's hands through why we're doing what we're doing. And we are in a state of burnout and the quality and our presence and ability to be in our relationships is what helps us determine to what level, how severe is it? I know there were times in my life where I was so tired I couldn't see my friends at night. And I was so tired that when I'd forced myself to go, I didn't really want to be there. I wasn't really present. I was falling asleep. That's a sign I'm living in burnout and my life is not balanced. It's also a sign I'm prioritizing the wrong things. But I appreciate we live in a system where we do have to prioritize labor because no one's going to help us get our needs met. No one's going to grocery shop for us. No one's going to clean our house. No one's going to pay for our Wi-Fi. (laughs) No one's going to do our laundry. No one's going to watch our kids for us. So we have to find a way to participate to the best we can while actively trying to change the system with which thankfully we're doing. And the kids behind us are really leading that charge with socialism, with unionization, with universal healthcare and rights, all, all, all these, we're trying to push for a four day work week, which I'm all for California's on board. Other countries have done it and are working on that. That's amazing. That's part of us realizing what matters most. So uh, we're going to come back and do some DMs and then we're going to get to how do we really build this in. So stick around for that. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, I've been with my boyfriend for a year. He is absolutely perfect. But, you know, you gain weight when you get into a relationship, and since we've dated, I've put on some pounds. My boyfriend has always been a gym rat, and he never pressured me to go until recently. I'm afraid if I don't go, he'll break up with me. I told him I don't think it's fair to keep pressuring me and that if 15 pounds means that much to him, I'll work on it, but he'll follow up with something passive like, well, it's your body. I just think it would help. I don't know what to do. All right, y'all. So here's the first thing. Stop commenting on people's bodies. We've talked about this on the show before. You never know if they're wanting to lose weight or gain weight. You don't know if the weight loss is due to an illness, an eating disorder, depression. So it's not always a compliment or a good thing. And uh, you don't know what the weight gain might be a part of. Some people you say, oh, you look great, you lost weight, but they were trying to put weight on. That's because they're healthier or the opposite. That's why we never know. And we should just not reference it. 
But some people don't have great boundaries and they just are so compelled to comment on other people's appearances. You never know what's going on for someone. Just keep your mouth shut around people's bodies. Truly, compliment anything, anything else about them. Because even the people that are getting the compliment they want, it feeds the need to have whatever it is that you're commenting on and complimenting so as to continue to feel wanted and desired. So it can trap them. And they feel like, well, that's what people want from me. They're always complimenting me on this. So you never know what's going on with someone. People have aging, disabilities, mental health issues. Our bodies will shift and change. They're always aging. The minute you're born, you're just aging. We have to get familiar and honor and allow that. Remember, we've talked about this on the show. Yeah, we want to focus on attracting our partner and being attractive to ourselves and keeping eroticism and romance alive. But that doesn't mean our only goal is to always be attractive to our partner. And hopefully, as we mature and build trust and commitment, our sexuality becomes a lot more than just about sexual arousal. It also becomes about intimacy building, communication. It's a resource for deeper intimacy and deeper connection. So there's a lot of different reasons why we have sexuality. And pleasure can exist at all different body shapes and sizes. And as I say on the show all the time, just because you're smaller sized does not mean you're healthy. You could still have high blood pressure and a multitude of other issues. In fact, some people sadly assume because I'm smaller sized, I maybe can continue to eat high sodium foods or whatever it is and have my blood vessels continually (laughs) have issues and leading to heart disease. Heart disease is the number one killers. Uh, number one killer. And being in a smaller body doesn't mean you're healthy. Being in a larger body doesn't inherently mean you're unhealthy. And as I've said again on the show, jokingly, but seriously, we don't take off our shirt and send our doctors a screenshot and say, here, diagnose me. How am I doing? There's a lot of other tests that are done. They listen to your what? Your heart, your blood pressure, your temperature, your breathing, your vitals in other ways. Other things are, are, are done by touching, discussing. It's not just aesthetic driven. So, Back to your question. If your if your partner's care for you, if your partner's love for you, and if your partner's commitment to you is so fragile that weight gain is enough for them to maybe leave you, well then it's then again their love, commitment, and whatnot is fragile and it will crack over something else. So that's the bigger issue. Is my relationship so fragile and uh, so unanchored? and lacking trust enough and commitment that small things like this, small disappointments or frustrations could end us, we really need to look at that. And you losing the weight isn't gonna solve that. And you losing the weight isn't gonna ever help you rebuild trust because you'll still think he might only be here because I lost my weight. I can't trust that he would have stayed or what he'll do if I have a disability, go through some depression or other things that happen. You know, what we do in difficult times in reference to our partner in our relationship is where we build commitment and trust. Um, so props to him that he's all about the gym. That doesn't mean you have to be. His lifestyle isn't more meaningful than yours. His goals for you aren't more meaningful than your goals for yourself. Um, and you have a right to kind of set that boundary. But I think the bigger learning lesson is let's not be like this guy. You know, um, you can say things that sometimes we can't unhear and our bodies and what people say about them tend to fall under that category. So that's why I always say, let's just keep that to ourselves. And for those that are saying, what if it's about health? People are aware of themselves. We don't need to health police, you know, raise real concerns. All right, y'all, that is uh, the DMs. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back to. Past episodes of the show are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it, but we'll be back. So stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. 
All right, so we're back. And we're talking about looking at how the ability to participate fully and meaningfully, to have energy and be present in our relationships are what helps us really determine. It's the metric, the barometer, the template, uh, the assessment tool that helps us determine whether or not our lives are in balance or more importantly, whether or not we're living in burnout. And we live busy lives, we have busy days. Like I was saying, everyone has different needs. Everyone has to have different expectations upon them. We wake up every day with a different amount of energy and we have so many things that require that for us. So how do we, operating within that, as we're working on dismantling all that and improving that, how do we still participate meaningfully in our relationships? And there's a really couple, there's a couple really adorable and, and really meaningful ways to do that. So the first one is what some people call the micro date. And again, we want to have a, a, a bulk of these. It's kind of like sex. Not every, well, let me say it like this. I hope for those that are in relationships that include sexuality, that there are quickies and there's also longer extended forms of exploration and play. Again, most people handle sex with the goal is penetration and orgasm, and we're going to follow the step one, step two, step three, we're going to make out, and then we're going to do oral, and then we're going to penetrate, and then we're done. And I'm like, that's boring. I fell asleep. But we have quickies, which means sometimes you go right for the oral, and that's it, right for the penetration, that's it. And other times it should be playful and spontaneous, where we're just touching and exploring. There's no goal. There's no right way to start. There's no right way to end. We're just having fun. We're looking at each other. We're touching our bodies. We're just naked and we're embracing and we're doing different things. We really want to have a wealth of different ways of relating sexually. But tonight we're talking about the relational. So we want to have micro dates, which are these really small, quick moments of connection. And they're powerful because of what we do in the moment, but they're also powerful reminders. Hey, how are you? I'm here. I mean, one of the things I remind couples is transitions are really important. We tend to fly in and fly out. We come home and we kick the door open and our partner's maybe in another room cooking or doing something and we're like, hey, I'm home, if we even say that. And then we go into the bedroom and maybe we change and we're just kind of bumping around. I always say to people, greet each other in those moments of transition as a way to really honor, like, I'm here, I'm back, hi. Say, do this on the way in, do it on the way out, do it before bed and do it when you wake up where you formalize it with eye contact, touch, and a form of communication. It can be very quick. So when you come in the door, make your partner and your relationship the priority. Before you go to the bathroom, before you change your clothes, before you shower, just walk up and honor, here's my partner, here I am, I'm back in the relationship, you're important, I've been gone for a while, reestablishing connection, because that's what it's really about. It's really hard for some people to go from a one-person psychological system, which is what we're doing when we're on our own during the day, into a two-person relational psychological system. For some people, it's a lot easier, some people it's harder, but we wanna honor that. Walk up to them, hug them, touch them, kiss them, look at them and say, hey, hi, I'm back, how are you? Same thing when you're leaving. Don't just shout over your shoulder, see you tonight. No, honor that you're a partner and that you're a part of something and that it's important. And take that extra two seconds to walk over to them and say, have a great day. I love you. I'll see you tonight. And you hold their hands and you give them a kiss and then you leave. We need those moments. They're micro moments. I wish I had a word for something that's even smaller than micro. Those are like the nano moments, okay? Those are the nano ones. Micro would be a little bit bigger and more meaningful. And you need to schedule them at least, at least every week, at least. And it's only about 10 minutes. The nano ones are those, love you, kiss, I'm out the door or I'm home. The micro are like a little 10 minute quickie date. And it's putting money in the bank account. 
it's, it's, it's us maintaining closeness so that it's always there and it's always accessible. These dates maintain closeness and intimacy so that when I really need to talk about something difficult or I really need care or support or I really want to try to initiate sex, I already have familiarity with you. I already feel close to you because we stay close. And it's not a hard start from zero trying to go to 60. Right, So there's so many reasons why this matters. It's also keeping strengthened that interpersonal neurobiological attachment where our brains and our nervous systems and our emotions fuse. Yes, we infect each other with emotions. When you're sad, I'm sad. That's a part of a healthy attachment system. It's not codependence. It's part of the attachment system. Go look at the science. I don't make the rules. And I'm glad we operate like that. It's, a, it's an evolved sign of empathy but not to our detriment. That's when people would use that word codependent, which I don't use. Um, but it's a 10 minute, at least once a week for 10 minutes. And it can be longer, it, it, but again, it's about also teaching us that we don't often need these longer extended moments either, that just connection's important. And those 10 minutes should be uninterrupted. It's only 10 minutes in the very least. No cell phones, no multitasking, no kids, because we can't multitask. Our brains can only focus one, on one thing at a time fully. Otherwise, we're transitioning back and forth, never present with either, losing focus in the transition points. That's a, that's a myth that we can do that. You are looking at them. You have the phone off or gone. The kids aren't, don't exist for 10 minutes. You're not doing other things. And the goal is to just be present and to really strengthen intimacy, connection, and the time you can figure out. And you're just literally talking like, how are you? How was your day? It's 10 minutes and they're holding your hands, maybe saying, my day was really great. Here's what I did. And then the other person's listening and engaging. All right, we'll be back and we'll talk more about this. So stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about ways to really keep the intimacy close, to keep your partner accessible, to remind yourselves that you are in a relationship, to prioritize that relationship. A lot of important functions that occur in these really small things. So I was kind of talking about the nano, uh, the micro, and then the larger date because we're trying to reprioritize relationships and joy and pleasure. And I was saying the nano is just honoring transitional moments where you... Um, come home when you leave, when you go to bed and when you wake up, just taking mere seconds to make eye contact, touch and make a statement. Hi, babe. Have a great morning. I'll see you later tonight. Mwah, kiss. That's the nano. We need those built in. But then we were talking about the micro, which is also easy. 10 minutes max. Could be more if you wanted, but at least 10 minutes, only once a week at least, where there's no phone, no kids. You're not you're not doing this while you're on your computer or on the phone or going through paper or mail. There is nothing in your hands. You are just sitting, looking at each other, just standing there, looking at each other. And you're just like, how is your day going? How are you? We're not talking about the kids. We're not talking about finances. We're not talking about work. We're not talking about the new car. We're not talking about what it needs repairs. It's just the two of you reminding yourselves that there is a two of you, because remember where we are, we have multiple identities and we are multiple relationships. We are a parent. We are a partner. We are a child, we are a friend, and then we have all of our, we're a best friend, we have our professional identities, they all need time and attention. So in this moment, you're not a parent, in this moment you're not a friend, you're just a partner, and it's just about the two of you, like, hey babe, how are you? How are we? Tell me about you, what have you been up to? I've had a great day, I was thinking a lot about blah, 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 and you're just looking at each other and you're bonding. It's always in the positive. This is not a time to air grievances, this is not a time to criticize or complain, 
And here's the side note. If you can't imagine doing this or you don't want to do this, please get into some couples therapy because if you're so detached from your partner, if you have one leg really out of the relationship, if you have too much anger or disinterest or resentment to want to do what I'm talking about tonight, either exit the relationship because you're no longer in it or get into some couples therapy so you can learn how to renew and be in it or just make the mindful decision that you're learning you have some work to do. But this should be something you want to do. And if not, try to unpack why that is and what that what you need to then do. Back to the micro date. It's just about strengthening your relationship. It's about reminding them, I'm here, I'm accessible, I'm your partner, you're in this, we have something. We need to do that. Um, here's some ideas of other things you can do for this 10 minute, at least, micro date once a week. Go for a walk. That is one of the most beautiful things I used to do with my partner. We would just go for a walk around the block and we would just take it all in and just talk 10 minutes once a week, morning, afternoon, or night. If you can't even imagine finding time for this, then you're living in a state of burnout and you need to reorganize. I don't, I, I'm sorry. I work for mental health and relational health, not for people's jobs. So maybe you need to change your job. Maybe you need to get a new job. Maybe you need to change your work hours and expectations. I don't know. But if work means more to you, then you need to tell your partner that and your partner needs to decide if this is right for them. So walk around the relationship. I'm reading someone else's ideas. This is beautiful. This is from a couple different articles. Maybe you just um, sit on the bed or the couch together and hold hands and talk. Uh, maybe you just have a, a little bit of a snack together or a coffee. Maybe you sit there and you just give each other a back rub while you're talking. Um, I, I thought this was kind of funny. Someone said, maybe you put on music and have a little dance party. Me and my um, an ex of mine had a routine where uh, we were both working from home and I would often just go up behind and hug and we would just kind of like hug and slow dance a little bit. It was just a little bit of taking a moment and a physical form of touch and connection, heart to heart. And it was like a really beautiful, sweet moment. So there's, there's things like that. But remember, right now we're talking about the micro. So we're talking about these really small, quick, easy, accessible. Notice everything I'm talking about is free. It's spontaneous. It's easy and accessible. It requires basically nothing. But what it, again, what it's really doing is reminding yourself of what's important, keeping your partner close and accessible. And once we have this foundation down, it's easier to build upon it. We can't initiate sex or have difficult conversations if we can't even and don't have access to these foundational pieces. So this is like step one. So if I work with a couple and they're not getting along, there's a lot of distance and space, sometimes we start by just building in these smaller pieces, just getting them re-familiar with touch and closeness and prioritization. And that can take a while, but, but start there. But again, the inverse as well. If you can't or you won't or you don't want to, or this makes you anxious, that also is a communication that there's some work to do. Why is that? What is required? What's that resentment about? Why can't you imagine doing that? Why is there that discomfort? And really answering it and then deciding what needs to be done about it because sometimes these topics help us realize we need to really renew our relationship or the opposite, we need to release it. I don't wanna do that work with this person you know, or there's too much damage done. But that's an important decision to make because some people stay in a holding pattern where they're like, we're miserable, we're not happy, this isn't right, but we're just gonna keep making ourselves and each other miserable endlessly as opposed to doing the difficult, courageous thing of saying, let's either renew it and work on it or let's release and move on. But some people want that third option of doing nothing and they just make each other miserable. I have a family member like that where they just make each other miserable, stay together, not happy, 
because no one wants to really face it to heal it or face it to end it. And that's a really scary thing because depending on your belief system, some of us believe we only have one life and that's not the way to do it. We shouldn't be in relationships we don't want to be in with partners we don't want to be with. Um, I always have my favorite quote. I was watching this stupid TV show and the woman said, thank God for golf. It saved my marriage. My husband's never around. And that hurt me. I thought she doesn't even understand what love is. And I'm sorry that she's accepted this as what it's about. And that's what she thinks marriage is being with someone that you don't want to be with, but you don't have to be with them. You can fix it or leave it. But some people have accepted that that's what marriage is being miserable. It's like, no, actually that, that isn't it. And I'm sorry that they've normalized that and their friends have, but no, people are happy and you can be happy and you should seek happiness. So this topic sometimes ferrets that out. It brings things to the surface. So let it, don't be afraid of that. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the ways then to expand into the next one. Cause we talked about the nano, we talked about the micro. Now we're going to talk about the true date night. Uh, so stick around for that. You're listening to love line with Dr. Chris on channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. So don't go anywhere. Stick around y'all. Oh, Rachel, we are back and we're talking about date night, but we're really using it as a psychological assessment tool to look at what our work is, what our work is between us and our partners and uh, letting, letting this bring up stuff, this topic, like, God, I can't imagine doing that. Or I wish we could, or I don't want to, I'm not happy with my partner and realizing maybe there's some relational work to do. Like, that's what I love about these topics and homework assignments is they help us understand where we're at. Some people, you need to work on the relationship, renew it, put more energy into it, reprioritize it. Others, it's time to go. You're making yourself and someone else miserable. Get out or get into some couples therapy and figure out which angle it should be. But we're talking about the importance of like a nano date, which is just saying hello and goodbye, good night and good morning seconds. And then we talked about the importance of the micro date, which you should be doing every week for at least 10 to 15 minutes where it's not about the kids. The phones are down. You're not doing work. You're not looking through the mail. You're not doing anything else. And you're just spending time together saying, Hey, I'm here. You're here. We're in this reminding yourselves that you're accessible, keeping that connection close and comfortable. Cause it's really hard to reach out when you need to, if there's a lot of distance and space. So we build this in. So it's familiar and we know how to do this. We can trust each other. Um, and I was saying that these dates are easy. Go for a walk, have a cup of coffee together. Just sit down, hold each other and dance. Um, have a quick snack, give each other back rubs, just anything where there's touch, there's some eye contact and you're just basically talking about the two of you. Like, how are you? How's your day? And reminding yourselves of that. Some couples don't know how to talk about themselves because they're always focused on the kids or work or complaints. And then we have a negative association with each other. We don't enjoy our time together because it's never rooted in anything joyous or fun. So these little moments are how we get better able and more willing and more confident in the larger moments. So we're doing these little 10 minute ones at least weekly. I wish they could be every day. It makes me sad that I can't even prescribe it for every day. Cause some people are like, where would I find that time? And I'm like, oh my God, you're living in burnout. Your priorities are wrong. Your mental health is not on online if you can't even find 10 minutes a day. So I say the nanos should be every day. Every, every time you leave and come home, every time you go to bed and wake up. And I'm sorry to say it, the micro should at least be once a week, but that hurts my heart. The, the larger ones, the true date nights should also be at least once a week, at least. And again, if not, you either aren't with someone you want to be with or your schedule's wrong. And again, you're living in burnout and the longer dates should also only be about the two of you. When you're on those dates, you're not parents. You're not kids of any, anyone. You're not employees. You're just the two of you in your relationship. Phones are off or phones are down and we're just focusing on us. This isn't when we're criticizing, complaining. And these are great. I love, here's a list of things that they can do. 
Simple and easy. Of course, you can go for dinner and a movie if you want. You can also go for a walk. You can cook or bake something together. I love that idea because it's all about shared experience. That's really all it is, shared experience. We're together doing something together and that allows closeness and conversation. You can exercise together. If you're willing to talk, I want there to be the room for talks. If you're diehard at the gym and you're not gonna talk and your headphones are in and you're, you're pumping, that's not a date. But a date could be when you're lovingly going to go for a jog together or a bike ride or whatever it is. You can cook, exercise. I love this idea. You can read a magazine or a book together and stop and kind of talk and process what you're reading. Someone talked about looking through some old photos and talking about those times and those trips and what it meant to you and re-experiencing them. For some people, they go on a relational history journey and they just talk about when they met and what they felt about each other. Um, you can work on a home project together, but again, it's not about the project. The project is just a space for the two of you to talk and spend time. Um, Board games are really adorable. And then we can like round it out, right? We're going for like a little bit longer. Um, taking a class together. I've done that with exes. That was actually a really beautiful thing. It was like a standing weekly thing that we did. We did it together. Again, shared experience. Lots of good conversation. We got to kind of learn about each other by seeing each other in a different context. Talked and met others while there. Um, so I think that's awesome. Brunch, hike, go see a museum or some art. Uh, visit a nearby town, go to a festival, a farmer's market, fruit picking, watch the sunrise. Like notice how simple all that is. It's all free or a very low cost. Go window shopping, go for a walk on the beach, go for a drive. Like it's just about shared experience. But again, if you can't imagine and don't want to do that with your partner, please work on why that is and how to solve that. Leave, work on it, refocus. Um, and again, if you don't have the time to do that, please let that be meaningful as well, which is a communication, my priorities are off or I'm living in a state of burnout because I can't even imagine building in a weekly date night or a weekly micro date or even these nano moments of when I leave, when I come home, when I wake up and when I go to bed because that's very diagnostic. Sometimes the willingness or lack thereof or even having the time and energy. And then that begins the conversation of, well, where then is your time and energy going? And how can we reorganize those priorities? So apply this. I promise it helps. It's the small things sometimes that actually have the largest impact. Um, so build it in, get all parties committed to this, maybe even put it down on the calendar so you know it's going to happen. You can see when it's going to happen. Nothing wrong with that. These things don't have to be spontaneous. It has just as much meaning and value when we plan them. Because it's not about the spontaneity that matters. It's that it happens and what happens when you're doing it. And that can be planned. So don't get hung up on that because some people really devalue these things if it's scheduled. Scheduling is an important thing for some of us. All right, y'all, coming up next, we're going to be doing some uh, DMs. So stick around for that. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all. We are back. And now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I've been dating this girl for about two months. It's going so well. We've gone on like 10 dates already and talk all the time. I don't want to be the person that says, so what are we? (laughs) But at what point is it a good time to bring up the exclusive talk? Well, whenever you want to. (laughs) I mean, there really is no good time and there is no right time. You do it when you feel as though it serves a purpose. What is it that you're wanting through this label of exclusivity? And um, if you feel like whatever it is you're wanting is something you're ready for, then ask for it. You know, again, I'll just say it like this. Interested people like signs of interest. Interested people like signs of commitment because they're interested. Um, And like I would say on the show, don't assume you're exclusive or monogamous until it's discussed. That's something people have to consent to. And even in doing so, you then have to talk about what those words mean to you. Everyone has a different different definition of of exclusivity and monogamy. Some people, it's more fluid. It's more open. Other people, it's smaller. But remember, someone else's definition doesn't have more validity than yours. So you're, you're allowed to say, that is not how I see monogamy or that is not what exclusivity means for me. Here's what it does. And you both have to keep talking it through until you land on a mutually beneficial definition that you both are agreeing to. But one person who might have a more restrictive version of those words or um, is doing it the way that most people do it, that doesn't mean that's the right way, the best way, or the, or the correct way for you. So I always want to remind people you have a right to advocate for yourself and say, I don't care how anyone else does it. I don't care how you do it. For me, this is what I require. And it has to be something you talk out. Too many people make assumptions about what these words mean. Those are big words. Hammer it out. But when you ask, when you want, when you feel like you're ready. And I would say you should at least wait until you really know the person. Two months, I don't know if two months is long enough to have gone through enough milestones to really understand what they're like. Um, 10 dates is a lot, so maybe so, I don't know. Have you fought yet? Wait until you fight for sure. See how the fights go. Don't ever commit until you've had a fight and conflict. I wanna see what they do during a fight. Do they get abusive emotionally by name calling? Do they get abusive physically by hitting or throwing things? How good are they at repair? How quickly are they are they there for repair? Are they open to it even at all? Some people after a fight, they'll name call and then they'll ignore you. Okay, do not commit to that person. They're very unhealthy. They have a lot of work to do. How a couple manages conflict is going to tell us the most about our health as a couple. So you really wanna wait till you hit certain things. Also, have you explored social compatibility? Do you like to do the same social things in the world? Um, how's the emotional and psychological compatibility? You on the same page? How about sexual? Have you had sex yet? Make sure you have sex before you ask for commitment or monogamy so you understand what kind of sex you're you're stepping into monogamy with because their limits are our limits, our limits are their limits. 
So make sure you explore all those pieces. And if you come back and you're like, yeah, it all feels really good. The chemistry is there and the compatibility. Compatibility meaning how we relate around things. Chemistry being how drawn to them and lustful I am. Cool. Do your thing. Ask away. And if they're not ready, they'll tell you they're not ready and you'll kind of deal with that. But um, there's no right time, there's no right way, but those are the factors I usually want people to kind of uh, break down and, and, and explore. More importantly though, again, is the definitions you each have of those terms. Because I've worked with couples who have committed to this and then down the road they come in and one of them says, hey, they violated the monogamy. And I say, oh, really, what was the working definition? Like, what did you both agree upon? They're like, oh, well, I guess we did. And I'm like, well, then he was operating from what made sense to him. He's done nothing wrong. That was within his definition. And no one's definition is more valid than anyone else's. You got to talk about that stuff. But people don't. <laughs> it's scary to some. I don't really know why. Uh, it, it's partially because they don't want to have to acknowledge what maybe it's going to require. Uh, they want don't want to have to maybe stop doing some things that they've done in the past. It can make us anxious to hear someone say, that actually is okay to me. So there's a lot of vulnerability in it. But I think, again, that's an important part because if we're going to hold us and someone else you know, uh, hold them accountable to a contract of sorts. We've got to make sure we're all on the same page with it. All right, y'all, that is our show. If you got some DMs first, drop in the DMs on our Love on IG page. Questions you got, topics you want us to hit. Past episodes of the show are always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. Binge, post, re-listen, and share. Spend the rest of the night, though, doing a lot of self-care. You know, build in some pleasure. Do some things that are just rooted in pleasure. Some things that are just rooted in leisure and rest. Has no purpose. It's not about much. Drop the bar for yourself and those around you as well. Tons more compassion needed. We don't have enough of that for sure. Um, but otherwise, y'all, guess what? Thanks for hanging out. And you be kind to yourselves and enjoy the rest of your night. And I'll see y'all later. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.